So here we are on possibly episode 97 or 98. Or 97 and 98 of, of the Ninja Consultant Podcast. Who knows what constitutes an episode anymore? You've so corrupted the notion. Well, why don't you say into the mic? I only have one mic. so we all I said you've so corrupted the notion of what an episode actually is. I think the important thing to keep in mind is that this is still not episode 100 of Ninja Consultant the way that there is episode 100 of Anime World Order. Also, it's 2.30 in the morning on Sunday at an anime con. And we've got a whole bunch of people. And we have panels at, and we have panels at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. You have panels at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Oh, what time? What? What time is our checkout time? Why is this on the podcast? 10 a.m. is checkout time at this hotel. Uh, you all have to be up. Wait, by 10 a.m. It is now. I'm gonna call. Uh, I'm gonna call for a late checkout. They don't. They don't I'll give the late checkout. They don't give late checkout. So, um, so we also have a couple of people here who I guess are podcast listeners. <laughs> like, how do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Uh, yes, um, this usually goes the other way around, but uh, I'm Kevin of the Awesome Cast, um, and yes, and occasionally known as Twitterless Kevin on the internet. I am Basil. I am the Awesome Cast. Like I, I am the, the the personal you know personification of Awesome, and I look kind of like Satoshi Khan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kohayan, I don't know. I don't care. It's 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm Linda Holmes from Pop Culture Happy Hour, and I'm so good at the touching that Clarissa isn't even complaining about my head in her <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Linda Holmes from Pop Culture Happy Hour. That is a hideous calumny. C A L. U-M-N-Y. Calumny. That means slander. Yes. <laughs> this to a minimum. Yes, I do, have to, I do have to concede defeat that I did not make my own self-set goal in a contest that I thought I could win, <laughs> that I made up. Yes. Hubris. Pure hubris on your part. I know. Well, it was really boring at work in August, and so I thought I could do it. But that was because I was waiting for the Adobe software to come in so I could install it before other things. And then it got really horrible and busy, so I totally failed. No. See, the Adobe CS5 package where you have to build custom. This is like quickly becoming a rated R. What is happening here? How does it load text? I don't know how it does the fonts. What filters does it? Why did you give me the mic? What do you What do you want out of this show? So All right. Well, I want to talk about. here's what I would Shut say. Down. You had a good, you had a good idea. You had a valiant guess that you could make it to, to episode 100 of the Ninja Consultants before we did because we don't have anything recorded in the can the way you did. But, but in the bathroom, we were just that much better. <laughs> now then. Let's go over what transpired at this anime convention, this Anime Week in Atlanta 2011, here in the Renaissance Waverly Hotel one more time. We want to celebrate. Now, what did you have to do? You had many things you had to do at this convention. Yeah, I, um, so, I, I haven't, no, I haven't done my own panels here before. One time I pretended to be Clarissa on an Anime World Order podcast panel at, at um, AWA. Well, no, because they had to go interview someone on another panel, and so, like, uh, they, no one and I pretended to be Clarissa. Oh, and Paul pretended to be the other 
right? Wasn't Paul on it too? I, I, you don't I remember? Been I was Gerald. <laughs> so, um, well, Paul is white Daryl. Paul is white Daryl. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, so they improved me for three panels at this convention, and I did a new panel that was actually commissioned by Keith from Teleport City, who is not even here and has not even seen the panel that he himself asked me to do and wanted to be on. But I did unusual manga genres and then culinary manga. The great thing about AWA panel planning was they told me, like, I applied, and they were like, here are your times the panels are going to run, like, months in advance. And I'm like, I haven't even made the third panel. Why would Keith commission a panel he couldn't see? <laughs> he never, like, okay, so the, I did Culinary Manga, culinary manga is tomorrow and at 2 p.m. And then, uh, right, I did Unusual Manga Genres. The other one is the, a spinoff of those. Like, Culinary Manga is a spinoff of Unusual Manga Genres because there were so many titles about food that it was really dragging down the entire thing and taking up the entire time. So then, like, there are a couple of uh, manga and anime just about alcohol or directly related to alcohol. Yeah, sommelier. Exactly, that's in there. It turned out, and bartender, and uh, Moyashman covers a lot of things, and a bunch of Oishinbo. Should I hand you the... Is that based on a manga? I don't remember. Yes, yes. Drops of Gum. Okay, yes. Verticals yes. releasing it. There's a, there's a fucking Johnny Sky in it, because every drama has a Johnny Sky in it. But anyway, never mind. Don't talk to me, because I'm not responsible for what I say, because I'm drunk. <laughs> there's really only one person who's not drunk, and that's me. Everybody else is not responsible. Gerald is drunk with South African power. <laughs> this might be true, but uh, I'm and I'm I'm very curious. You, you this is a spin-off of a of a panel, right? And and you, a spin-off of a spin. So this is like the mash of like uh, of What's a panel. Rhoda and that girl era spin-offs. We're not like dealing with that. Here's what I want. Sir, like the spin-off, Gerald, the spin-off of mash. Gerald, you have hair, and Gerald doesn't. Now. Like he might have physical hair, but he doesn't have spiritual hair. That's true. <laughs> All right, I'll accept that. <laughs> She's got you there. Spiritually, I am bald, like Yoshiki Tomino. But here's what I want to know: You had a 21. Pl- your your panel about alcohol was called 21 Plus Manga and Anime. Who showed up expecting a hardcore pornography? <laughs> Actually, I don't know what. Except for Ed, who should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what was he expecting the drops of God to be made out of if that's what he showed up? Okay, so yes, Drops of God was covered heavily, and we gave away three copies of Drops of God. Um, but like, I wanted to buy a copy. Of, I wanted to buy a copy of that, but apparently some bastard named Ryan Gavigan bought one of the few copies in the room. It sold out like on Friday, and so well, I pre-ordered my copy, so I don't even have a copy of it yet. That Johnny's boy can't act at all, by the way. Like he drags down that series. He's a Johnny's boy. They don't pay them to act. They, they look good, and like three of them can act. Anyway, so. Three quarters it works in part because they got an acting Johnny's boy. One of the three. There are three acting Johnny's boys. I beg to disagree. We got some people saying it did not work. Let's. The, the live action Battleship Yamato film is a war crime against my people. And. I. No, no, no. If if yeah, if I were a gamelon, the portrayal of the gamelons in that film is blood libel. Uh, or Mike, what you what would you even call that? Like a people cosplaying gamelons, like picketing. But did you see his guns? 
We were. Did you see Kodai's yeah. guns? Like his, like his guns? Like, guns. Oh, I thought, you, I thought you were talking about his twin wangs. <laughs> Look. The dirty version. The dirty version. The picture is not of two brothers hugging each other. It's a picture is Kodai's junk. It's a crotch shot, like Wiener's crotch shot. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was like what we were talking about. Like the thing you need to do to fix that movie, because it is a bad movie. I mean, sure, the best live action model you're going to get, guaranteed. But the thing you need is to replace the loving pictures of brothers embracing each other chastely with a crotch shot. Because, look, that version of Kodai, he's going to take pictures of his crotch. Because you don't develop guns like that for the sake of the military, for the sake of the defense of the earth. You take, you, you develop guns like that for your vanity. And if you have a vanity like that, you have vanity like that, you take pictures of your crotch. A podcast of your own. She's already got one. She leaves comments on our when you know her muse befits it. But yeah, I think the real reason that you know the Yamato movie is a crime against uh, you know your people, Noah, is the fact that Johnny's and the Yakuza connection has been finally exposed for all to see. Like, okay. Well, oh, all right, all right, all right. But you, you did ask a direct question, like, how many people showed up at 21 and up manga? Yeah, asking, asking. Yeah, because the thing is, it's not clear from just reading. It's an anime Boston style title where you've got, like, your misleading title and then the subtitle for what your panel really is, that your panel really should just be called that part. No, because, but, you know, no, no, no. First of all, I don't think anime Boston titles are ever misleading. Like, they're usually, like, a really. long and super pretentious, and they're all, like, very pretentious. The yeah. fine print on the contract, the themes, blah, 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 blah. That was an Otakon one, but, I mean, that's an anime Boston spirit where it's, like, some annoying, vague name that doesn't convey or communicate anything and then and then colon yes Alex Levitt the gene seed four fifths of them are all Alex Levitt panels I know but like actually I think the opposite when I read the anime Boston guide I know exactly what I'm getting out of that panel it's something like really pretentious you know literate what what hey hey we went to a Mecha 101 panel, expecting a Mecha 101 panel. That was not a Mecha one. Have you ever done kit bashing? Do you know what kit bashing is? I have made, yes. <laughs> I have been doing this Mecha stuff for a long time, and I don't even know kit bashing. It doesn't, but here's, here's what I'm getting at. Here's the downside. Here's the downside of your approach. When it comes time for the pocket guide for people, they have to truncate these panel names such that it fits in an abbreviated format. And so the first thing that they truncate is everything after the colon that actually tells people what you want. So the only thing that appears on the, the guide that people have, it says 21 plus manga and anime. Ooh, so that could be good. You know. yeah. Just like on Neil Nadelman, yeah, Neil My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, How Did It Come to This, just becomes brony. Brony. It was just brony on it. But look... In this country, you, what do you have to be to buy pornography? 18? You don't have to be 21 and up, do you? Like, don't, don't, don't. what? You're like, don't fall into their trap. Like, Noah was highly critical. You need it for super porn. 18 to star <laughs> in and hey, film. Hey. 21 to buy. Uh, I was going to say, don't fall into their trap. I was going to straight up say, don't try to defend yourself for failing to put the content of the panel in the title of the panel. The, I think people like it. People did like it. And in fact, everyone there, except for three guys who were jerks who left, 
uh, they all read the description, so they knew what they were getting. So it didn't turn out to be that much of an issue. I was surprised, to say the least, that the title of the panel was not actually what the panel was about. But uh, this is the first time that we've run it, so all things considered, I think it was successful. And uh, Drinking in manga. That's correct. Drinking in manga and anime. Yeah. Alcohol in manga. Sure. So what we're basically... That's like the new smack. <laughs> we should be so lucky. Although Mari is still off. I mean, basically what Daryl was saying is that you're a horrible person, that, you know, some horrible disease will befall you because of this panel t- title, and uh, you should be ashamed of this. So Look, we can still take just the core essence, the idea of Aaron, and Aaron Chan, if you will, and make a Moe version of that and declare Aaron Chan our waifu. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that still. Even though real Aaron has his... Is there some kind of copyright infringement I can, on my own soul here? The platonic, the platonic ideal of Aaron. I know. Aaron Chu. We can make her a Pokemon. You, you don't want the platonic ideal of Aaron. You couldn't handle the platonic ideal. The, the fact remains, the panel did go very well. I think there are a couple of things to tighten. Um, but otherwise, it was a good debut. How about you, unusual manga genres? How did that uh, go over? Oh, it went super well. There are a couple of things that went differently. Now I've done unusual manga genres a bunch of times, and actually I used to give that under a different crazy title like Manga Madness and other weird things because I kept applying for it to give it at Otakon, and it kept being turned down every year. So I kept changing the title to make it look like it wasn't the same panel I had submitted last year that Vince objected. Like, rejected over and over again. Anyway, um, Unusual Manga works really well in the programming guide. But like I, one reason I named it 21 and Up Anime and Manga was so it would be listed first in any alphabetical list of the panels, which also did not happen. So that failed. But anyway, um, no, Unusual Manga genres went really well because here, like at this particular con, I had enough time for it because I could pull out the culinary titles that I'd left in at Otakon. But also at the end of the panel, we always ask like, are there any suggestions of weird titles that you've read or heard about that we should include in this uh, that we haven't? And we got better suggestions at Anime Weekend Atlanta than we have at, like, any other con. Like, usually people have, like, really stretched to think of anything or they come up with something that's not really appropriate. Here they came up with great titles. And Noah made a new friend. Uh, yeah, I made a new friend. Well, I don't know why this is the case, but it just seems that there's more, I don't know, I've met more scholarly people at AWA. Someone in our unusual uh, manga genres panel, uh, he he mentioned some archaeology manga that I'd certainly never heard of. But he, he's doing his PhD work in Roman, yeah, the the, the belt, the belts that. That's a fascinating observation you have, Noah, because certainly all the true anime scholars are all in the Boston metropolitan area, thanks to the Cool Japan program at Harvard. And yet, all the real deal people who actually know about anime are here. People like Rob Fenelon and Walter I, Amos certainly raised the bar as well. Uh, well, that's that's true. I mean, that is true. <laughs> Why, thank I, you. Uh, Walter Amos, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that for whatever reason, AWA, I just feel that the con attendee, slight cut above at AWA. You can get away with weirder stuff. I wonder why that is. Do you think that's true, too? Yeah. Yeah, there was actually a panel uh, a couple of years ago that was all about, um, um, what's that uh, wonderful disease about the lungs? (laughs) Yeah, you you mean tuberculosis as run by... I'm going to resurrect next year with New England vampires. See? See, but 
no, no. I have to read more at Shinto because I have to find out how far back the the okay the whole purity thing the whole like someone gets sick you send them off to live in their own little cabin like it makes a severe pragmatic sense and yet it's so cruel and I need to I need to go back and read out Shinto because I've got the background on tuberculosis it's cold that people in New England like they would live with their tubercular relatives and then the whole family would die out but you believe that one person dead that one of the dead people was like living off of everyone alive and it was like the old the New England vampire legend and the, and how does this translate to, to Japanese comics well, see, and cartoons the Japanese thing is that everyone who gets mysteriously sick mysteriously dramatically sick in Japanese comics they've got tuberculosis that is true yeah. Kenshin and Kaoru they've got their weird lesions and you don't you think because they're not spitting up blood that they don't have tuberculosis tuberculosis pardon me I'm drunk sometimes all the time but the key thing you don't think they have tuberculosis because they have lesions that is you don't associate lesions with tuberculosis it's an AIDS thing yeah well yes and because the western picture the western picture of the western picture of tuberculosis is coughing up blood but Tuberculosis, as it happens, is really a hideous, awful disease. And one of its versions is lesions all over your fucking body. And Are they cured by eating the flesh of tigers? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> that whole cartoon has lied to me, then. Absolutely it has. Like, the key thing about, like, Kenshin. okay... All the key, like, the people who really love the original Rurouni Kenshin hate the Seishouhen because... Because it's it's not written by the original author. That, and it's depressing. And yet, and yet it's true, because the key thing with, with the Seishouhen story is that they both have tuberculosis, and she has tuberculosis because she has, divide, she has defied Japanese convention and stuck by him. And that that has given her his hideous disease. It was an STD. <laughs> not an STD, an LTD. Not sexually transmitted, lovely transmitted. <laughs> Hell yes, baby. Lovely. Lovely. Wait, wait, wait. Can I say something about um, manga disease? That it's, it's possibly the number two killer in Japan after parents dying in car accidents. <laughs> manga disease is horrible. It's where, like, a character, like, ha- has a weak constitution, quote-unquote, and, like, lays wasting away from us. I want to say the girl in Clannad clearly had tuberculosis. But I guess... But I guess the point is is that we can get away with very interesting ideas for panels, and they don't get rejected. And, well, and, and people sh- at AWA and people well, show up beyond the people inside of this room, yes. willing to hear about the, the dialogue that you just heard. And yeah, Otakon weird weird panels will usually get rejected. Yeah, I once uh, I once like. I was when I used to read the Otakon forums more often. Like I think I was specifically used as an example of what kind of things would get rejected. Like nobody wants to hear about your obscure manga. And I'm like, crap! That was like the title of my panel. And also they did. I filled the room. That's actually specifically about the unusual manga genres panel. It, it, it's always surprising to me because we've now done this panel a number of times in a number of different places and at the same con several times. And there's always people in the audience who have never heard of this stuff. Who are, you know, they're familiar with some of the titles, but the vast majority of what gets covered is really new to them, and they do seem to appreciate it. In fact, I want to mention that tomorrow morning, as we record this, or today, at 10 a.m., I'm doing a panel that was rejected at Oticon, and it was, and as soon as it was rejected, Dave Merrill messaged me on Twitter and said, 
submit that to AWA, and I guarantee it will be accepted. And that is the Osamu Dezaki panel. You know, I know someone else who once did an Osamu Dezaki panel, and she's sitting here in this very room. (laughs) I would like some advice from you regarding your previous Osamu Dezaki panel. They just rejected that panel because they know you suck, Gerald. (laughs) Okay. So, like, Dezaki, he is as varied as the stars in the sky, man. So, the key thing with the Dezaki panel is indicating the sheer variety of the man. Because, like, you have Onisama A, you have Isu Onarai, you have Rosa Versailles. That's the shit that, 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 that's, that's my shit. That's the shit that falls in my territory, the shoujo territory. The big sparkly eyed girl shit territory. Hell yeah. And I don't know, there's everything else. There's, there's like Cobra and whatever else he did. It doesn't matter. Oh, sure, Crystal Boy. Like, if Crystal Boy were bald, he would be my husband. Okay. <laughs> Someone take this shit away from me. I don't need you talking into this. I'm drunk. We only gave it to you because you specifically said, give me the microphone. No, you said you wanted her to tell you how to do it. I did, and I got the answer. Yeah, I actually didn't know that 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 director did all those things. Now I'm really interested. Now I kind of want to go to this panel, and I don't want to get up at 10 a.m., though. But I I have a question for you, Aaron. Fucking panel, Aaron. My question for you, Aaron, is this. Uh, What does it take to get a job writing in New York City? Like, maybe if I want to write for television. Well... You have to have a dog named Henry, and I think he's already failed in that respect. <laughs> we were honored to buy a visit from Paul Thomas Chapman, the almighty Gruberson. <laughs> That's a fair question, but I wonder if the level later will pick that one up. But um, So in order to get a job writing in, writing te- for television in New York City, I don't actually know. No, you know a story of a guy who wrote for a soap opera, but we'll get to that. Well, you'll, let's see. You need two two spec scripts. I don't know, a couple feature scripts, twenty page writing sample, and nepotism. Nepotism. <laughs> Maybe an unpaid internship for two and a half years, but like you can't, like you can't make a living doing it. And also, why would you be doing it in New York City? I think all the writers for everything live in Los Angeles, as far as I can tell. But here, do you write jokes? Because apparently you can do fine. Because you have to intern at the Daily Show. Well, we we have all kinds of. No, you could stand out on a corner being like, do you love to laugh? And, yeah, it's... It's one of the Jack Benny kids in the hall. Pretty much. Or you, you can, I mean, there are people, apparently, uh, Woody Allen was one once, who simply write, who simply, who simply write jokes. They just write jokes for whoever. I don't know where there's like an underground market of jokes in Manhattan, but I understand that there is one. Maybe it's the hobo market. No. What's that? Mark yeah. Pringle. Mark Pringle. Dude, this is fucking crossover. Mark Pringle is like the heart of like music online. He's so he does music reviews he writes for a living, but what we're talking specifically about uh, a, a very specific brand of writing, screenwriting. Oh, screenwriting, there's no need. In fact, you should not come to New York because the cost of living is too high. And the meetings that you'll have to take are in Los Angeles. And I do, I have a friend who is, I guess, now forcibly bi-coastal, even though he's still an independent film director. Bi-coastal? And you live in both Los Angeles and New York. Interesting. Yeah, that's a... That's a very... Yes, New York is also a coast. 
Uh, he, I don't know who is flying him back and forth, but by and large, I see no reason to reside in New York City. It's the rent is too damn high. You may have heard that the rent is too damn high. It, it, it's really true. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to be a screenwriter, you should either go to Los Angeles or anywhere else but New York where the cost of living is lower. Or, or take classes anywhere else but full sale. We have actually we actually have a friend in New York right now who's starting to be a writer, so we should tell him to move away. Misha. He's a... Well, <laughs> tell us about how. Okay, but no, but Misha, at least, he has a family apartment. Like, he has a grandfather's apartment that he can live in for cheap or free. And possibly, because he's been living with his grandfather before his grandfather's died, if that apartment is rent-controlled, he can legally take over the lease and maintain the rent-controlled rent. So Misha could potentially live there at a much lower cost than Paul Chapman could stand to. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a caveat that basically any kind of living situation that you could seek out exists. Actually, the maintenance for that place is like three or five grand a month. Yes, grand. Then why don't they sell it? Why don't they sell it? That's crazy. Who's paying? I don't know. Anyway, Misha is taking courses where? At Columbia? He's part of, uh, yeah, the Columbia Writing. Well, I, I guess if you want to go that route, there are, Columbia has a fine program, or so I've been told. Uh, I went there as an undergraduate, but I didn't spend any time in the graduate writing program. I was taught by several graduate writing graduate students and I hope they're better writers than they were instructors because it was it was lacking. But uh, if you're going to go to school for that sort of thing, I guess Columbia, aside from being very expensive, is as good as any other program. Uh, but I would not recommend up and coming, young, wet behind the ears, uh, you know, just starting to make their way in the world would-be screenwriters to come to New York City. Certainly not now. You know who you know was actually in his uh, department? Um, the writer of the extremely fine fantasy series you know, might know as Gore. That's that S&M series. I don't think that's possible. What's, he, didn't he die? No, he's still alive. He's still writing his, his S&M, his... His slave, his you know, slave. The wonderful thing comics. about Gore is that I always get it mixed up with Tor, the website. And so whenever I hear <laughs> Tim Wan talk about you know the latest Tor you know adventure that he's posted, I think there's some sort of bizarro, weird sex thing that's going. on. I'm sure there is anyway because it's Tim Wan. But it's my mistake for mixing up Tor with Gore, G O R. Which is who's who, what's what's his name? I, uh, he works under a pseudonym or something. Yeah, yeah Gory Gorstein. <laughs> yeah, uh, name I don't remember his real name. I know you're talking about though. We should we should ask Ed Sizemore. He is a, a mighty big fan Definitely of these books. A, a fan so, of the gore. Yes. <laughs> right. Well. Also, H-O-R, whore, which is a more apropos title. But you know, Gore has about as much to do with anime as say My Little Pony. Hey, how'd that go? Yeah, how'd the, how'd the panel go? It it was it was pretty sweet. Uh, we had a we had a. You, you, it's not magical. It was pretty magical. There were lots of friendships. We had uh, we had a lot of people in the room. I think. I understand there was a screaming horde, and you made Neil Nailman wear a brony jacket or something. Oh, he hates us now. Actually, well, we didn't have to make him do anything. We just showed him this jacket, and he looked at it and said, I have to have that. And he just put it on himself immediately. This, and, is, this is the truth. This is what happened. Neil Nadelman constantly denying 
his brony heritage, saying, oh, this isn't the brony panel. How dare you calling up AWA events. Daryl said I'm running a brony panel. You got to change that. Sure enough, on the schedule, just says brony. Not brony panel, not anything else. Just brony in letters, and that's what's in the gallery ballroom. End of the panel, Neil Nadelman realizes what he has done, that he is the leader of this cult, the leader of this herd, as it were. And so he decided that he was going to finally embrace who he truly was and put on a custom-made fleece of a rainbow hooded sweatshirt of rainbow dash with ears stitched onto the hood he, have his, he has his arms out very kanye west like very kanye very you know speak to me warriors he's got his cutie mark on the back back to the audience hands gesticulated out in front saying worship upon this altar that is my little pony and join me on this quest and we have the photographic evidence to prove it so anything comes back to say like oh i hate i hate that the jacket i'm never gonna wear it it's got the ears on it and you know i just it's just i I just put it on it's just peer pressure that is a lie that is neil nadelman trying to to to, to just downplay what he really is behind the scenes we're on to neil because we made him this way yeah gerald did yes I heard that. I heard that. I heard. I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it slide. It's the same with this this Ed Chavez guy who just repeatedly says he doesn't want to watch My Little Pony, but you know, he he he's on the list. When he's running his marathon and he needs some videos to watch in his picture-in-picture magical manga glasses that he uses to exert power over us all. You know like how the president's got the teleprompter that you can't see on the TV broadcast? Ed Chavez's glasses have, you know, a link to the internet so that it makes it just seem like he knows everything about manga. But really, he's just got a ghost-in-the-shell-like interface with the Library of Congress. Isn't that right, Aaron? I think so. (laughs) Ed is saying giddy up. And write it. Your pony. That's a different song. Um, it turns out Ed is like in four different manga, <laughs> including one called Frozen Food Detectives. It's like CSI Frozen Food Unit, where they investigate crimes. Is this like the guy that you know they, they find like the dead child that's been raped with like fruit, and, and it just has Ed Chavez's beard? No. Here's what I was thinking: is like, is it inspired entirely by that one Alfred Hitchcock presents story where the wife murders her husband with a frozen leg of lamb and then cooks it and serves it to the cops? Only this is the frozen food equivalent. Like someone's taken a, a rogue errant batch of Mrs. Paul's fish sticks. And and strangled somebody with it. Like, what is the premise of this manga? It was it's a manga pitched on a dare, based on a dare. <laughs> I guess it takes place slowly over several years, and it's actually really surreal. And uh, the plot is only understood by some kind of inside joke. Where, where was this serialized? Axe. Axe, and then morning. You know. It, it, did it start as the Axe Cologne before it went to the Axe comic? I don't know. I mean, uh, there's a pretty... It's body spray. Body spray, that's right. And, uh, like to track from women as much as the spray does? Or? Body spray is the same amount. 
Body sprays attract insects. Insects, yeah. not women. Some of the insects are women. What about the Book of Human Insects? Yeah. Oh, I read that recently. I think you could attract the girl from the Book of Human Insects using X body spray. <laughs> you can attract the girl from the Book of Human Insects using Axe body spray. You can look at the girl from the Book of Human Insects and attract her. I mean, it doesn't take much. Well, it's true. You have to be really good at spraying the Axe body spray. No, no, no. In order to attract that woman, she's at first she's I, – actually, I haven't finished reading it, so no spoilers. But she starts off by stealing people's personalities who have really big talents, like the really great theater director or the really great <laughs> – she has to steal the theater director's talent or the graphic designer's talent or even her roommate who is the writer. She steals her roommate's book. So I to attract her, you actually have to have talent. What is happening? Your glasses are falling off. Are you okay? No, I didn't really watch much Sesame Street. I'm not talking at Sesame Street. Well, there's your problem. I'm talking at Rosa Rosa. Yeah. What about Rosa? Oh, hard. Wow, I wasn't really a crowd. This is off topic. You're unhappy with the Oscar. Oscar. There's the difference between a there's a difference between a troll and a grouch. Yes, but but Oscar Oscar's a grouch because she can't admit she's unhappy with the current administration, and therefore she's a grouch. She has enough personal loyalty to Marie Antoinette that she can't say fuck all this shit. I'm a revolutionary. Which in her I'm pretty sure I remember how that, that show ended. I think she kind of remembered she was a revolutionary. Of course she did, because it's the end result. We're not it's the expiration date. But we're not in the end yet. We're in the middle. We're in the middle. Where, you know, you're still, you still feel your ties to the Anshan regime. God damn it. I really see myself more of the Duke Orleans type. Dude, <laughs> you, know, you are not. You are not. It's an aspirational thing. You're that Swiss motherfucker. Hans Axel von Fersen getting curb stomped to death in the back of some alleyway after macking the shit out of Marie Antoinette. I haven't gone to the Marie Antoinette part yet. I got the curb stomp part coming after... Uh, it's 3 a.m. now. Give me about another day. <laughs> anyway, all right. Moving on to which Rosie Versailles character Daryl is. Where does that put the rest of us? Oh, with, like what? Like with the bronies and... All right. I've tended to ask people, like, how is this AWA different from previous AWAs? But that question never goes over well. Nobody ever... Uh, from, ne- never mind. But nobody ever... Like, whenever I ask that... At, whenever I do that... It, <laughs> oh, it actually is Passover. It's Seder. It's Seder. It's, it's nerd Seder. Nerd Seder. <laughs> we have nerd Seder on Saturday. Possibly later. We have nerd Seder on Saturday. <laughs> yes, we have nerd prom on Friday. We have nerd Seder on Saturday. So anyway, um, I, I had a I had a point I was getting at. Why is this AWA different? No, so it, that never goes over well. Whenever I'm trying to podcast about a con, and I'm like, how is this convention different from other conventions that you've been to? Oh, now Max is asleep. But um. <laughs> I thought, I thought a car had started or some kind of engine. Anyway, um, but that doesn't go over well. Instead, it's better to ask, like, how is this AWA exactly like previous AWAs? Or, I guess, either question. What were you going to say? himself to me again. Wait, Dave Merrill was... I think we we should need, we need a, like, a checklist of, you know, how many times he says that he's not a brony, but he's a minky. Because he said that to me. I thought it was three times. Max told me it was five times. 
And they just said it again tonight. A brown a minky is a fan of minky momo. As opposed to a furry person who's just really into minks. No, he refers to fairy princess Minky Momo. Yeah, indeed. No, this AWA is different from previous ones, even though it's not the question you asked me. It's different because this is the AWA that Steve Harrison came back. Yeah. And Steve Harrison is, you know, our hero and role model and idol for all of us. And, and he started drinking alcohol for the first time at this very convention not but a few hours ago. And so you all saw the effects of, you know, a first-time drinker uh, who's in his 50s. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. You die. <laughs> he didn't die? Spiritually, it was a spiritual death. It's very interesting because uh, so our, our DM in D&D, uh, he is also a, a, a teetotaler, and, and he says that you gain powers in life from two things. You gain powers from having never done something ever or having always done it. And so this makes him, yeah, this makes him very reluctant to start doing things that he's never done for fear that he loses the power that he would otherwise have. What powers do you gain? From not drinking. It's on you don't drink. What are your powers? You have yeah, that's my power. That's <laughs> but at home. Yes, my power. We have a runner. So otherwise, that AWA. I mean, to answer your actual question, how is it the same as previous conventions? They've been in the exact same location, so you know the staff are pretty much you know adept at knowing all the secret routes of where to you know get equipment, where to store things, you know how to set up this particular room, how to you know configure things and such. And so it runs like a pretty well-oiled ship at this point. One I mean, thing that they, one thing that they did that I really like is they sent out a like. PD, a long PDF with a lot of directions for panelists. So there is, and they say on there that if you cannot do your panel, email this number. If you cannot do your panel during a con, call this number. If you do neither of these things and you do not show up, you will not get panels ever again. That email. I was checked into the first panel that we did. Someone came by and got our names and stuff, which doesn't always happen at cons, but not not today. So I don't know. The the first time I did my panel, I there was a check-in room that you can go to. And then the, the assistant writer was like, hey, this is who I am. I just want to make sure that everything's okay. You know how to do everything. Do you look at it, any of our pamphlets or whatever to figure out how to plug stuff in? You know, if you need any help, just let me know. And it was just really nice to know that, hey, there's a group on staff room right there saying, hey, if you need any issues, we're there. And that was nice of them. Also, this was the first year that I had to deal with it. Well, I was able to use the black box without a single problem. That was That was awesome. I, I concur with that. I mean, normally those black boxes have been the bane of my, you know, AV Tech experience at this convention. But I guess when they said they did a firmware update on those things that, you know, fixed the things, they were not kidding because everything has worked, you know, perfectly as far as my AV Tech has gone. So that is another way that it's mostly the same. This is not your first AWA. It's just your first one doing third. Okay. So how how is it the same for you? You know, even though you're doing like different stuff. Oh, but I don't know. The quality of cosplay is very high. I don't know. It is like what Noah was saying about like a sort of better quality fan here. All three members of AW are here. It's in the same convention center. Um, there was a sort of Desla Oktoberfest party and a Carl Horn party that were like similar to previous years in terms of coolness and whatever. Of course, now Noah is out of the room. Now the entire atmosphere has changed without shouting in the background. Yeah, it's great. But uh. Wait, no, Dave Merrill shouted something really important in the middle of the party. Were you there for that part? We no. started screaming about honey, honey. 
No, Something yeah, about a, had to get the ring. Right, about a cat eating a ring. The cat ate the ring, and you had to get the ring, because then you could marry the princess. I have no idea what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> Sounds like a video game. No, Do you know? It's the plot of a Yeah, it's, it's a TV series, you know, and she's pro- probably describing the plot of the show. Well, you know, maybe just if you ruminate on the plot developments of Honey Honey, the only thing I know about is the one where she went to Japan, because that one got dubbed in the most hilariously racist, stereotypical, you know, Ryan, not richer one, it'll make it that much easier, you know, to, you know, have the Japanese people. Somehow, That's all I know about Honey Honey. Somehow Dave's rant had also something to do with the dollar to yen, and I, I'm not sure how that worked. I especially liked the part right after I came in where he started talking to me about how the fact that Hideko Mizuno, who um, created Honey Honey, was, of course, um, uh, lived in the same house uh, with Osamu Tezuka and Shitara Ishinomori and some of those, like, and Fujigo, Fujio. And so, and so Dave was talking about how, given that she was the only woman in that house full of manga authors, that clearly she was banging everybody. <laughs> or at least somebody. My money's on Shitara Ishinomori, because he has the manliest fro of all time. <laughs> At Ed's panel, we, he talked about uh, a manga that's about that house of manga authors and everyone living together, but it sounded like the equivalent of real person slash fanfiction, where they've left out Osama Tezuka, but I don't know. It sounds interesting. I don't want to read it. Shinomori. Between us, Tezuka and Shotaro Shinomori, who would you rather have sex with? Berets or Afros? Answer the question. Shinomori. Well, definitely not Tezuka, because he's a furry. So he'll have me do, like, weird, like, you know, doggy style or horse style or crane style. So, um, he's a, he's a, he's a, he is the, the, everything about Tezuka is weird. God Emperor of Furry Fan. There we go. It all started. He's the Mark Merlinos and all that. They're all his primarchs that, you know, he's chosen and distilled down through the generations. So they're all, you know, it all goes back to Tezuka. The thing is, you can't be that much of a genius without being a fucking weirdo at the same time. So. It's like one of those those role-playing games where you have, like, a... You put points into things. You get points by having disabilities. Like if you lose a leg, you can have more magic powers. It's one of those that things. Hunter Hunter caliber logic. <laughs> they called edges and hindrances. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know any about any of this, but it's definitely not. Yes, definitely. I would not have sex with Tezuka. So, Shinomori. I don't know as much about him. Um, I don't know. It's probably not robots a furry. Motorcycles. Yeah, I know robots, motorcycles. I mean, he, well, hey, he t- we under his wings, so I mean, you know. Oh, so then, they, they, holy shit! Ishinomori is <laughs> the one who read that transcript of Black Lion and said, "This guy's onto something. I could use this." <laughs> so um, we did learn a lot about Ishinomori at uh, at a, that uh, was that at the uh, the old school classroom. Yes. That was all about that. Which you missed because you're not here. You're not hardcore enough for that. That was a pretty awesome panel. So I'd say Shinomori. Fuji, Fujiko Fuji, uh, you know, with the Dor- cats, Doramon, traveling through time. We'd go back. The, the sex would just come go backwards or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't like that idea. Incidentally, when you're saying you're not hardcore enough for Thursday, every year when I'd have to fly to this con, I'd pay that stupid fare for that, you know. Gypsy cab fare from here to the airport, oh. and it sucks. Like, yeah, sixty dollars is ridiculous. Aren't you, aren't you, as a New Yorker, used to paying exorbitant fees for being transported around? No, 
because the MTA is 24 hours and it's two bucks. And even to get from the airport is only like a – if you pay for like the air train and take a hilariously long three-hour ride, it's still less than $20. That's cab fare? No, cab fare. There's a flat fare from JFK that I think is around like – Thirty-five or forty-five dollars, but from LaGuardia, it's forty-five to Manhattan. Yeah. See, see, that's that's major money. That's a flat fare, and it's for like two people, and you're not charged more for like another person. I don't think it's a flat fare. You know those gypsy cab people hit you with for the AWA uh, hotel to the airport. It's like thirty bucks. It sucks, but you know, I didn't do it this year because I didn't have my my good buddy Paul Chapman. <laughs> To, to ride in the in the car with and I didn't, any, I didn't see any gypsy cabs. I always like legitimate services, and they all were asking for like sixty dollars or fifty dollars. When we one guy thought we were haggling when actually we were leaving the shuttle because <laughs> it was too much. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they aren't gypsy cabs at all. Maybe I just call them gypsy cabs because they all feel like they're run by Roma. The most ridiculous gypsy cab I've been in like had holes on the in the inside and like a tent on the outside and maybe like graffiti but that was in harlem where there aren't as many actual cabs but that's not really it was it's a lot cheaper to take cabs around new york city than the amazing 60 dollars airport ride here so max was now snoring in the background which we could probably get on tape. no no no. we're gonna record the whole thing it's gonna pick up this is a really sensitive microphone all right so are there any you know wrapping closing up thoughts for your, your awa experience that you want to just impart upon all 10 Ninja Consultant listeners who are not in this room there, right now. There are at least 70, so if we subtract... I was close. If we subtract the 10 people in here, the other 60 listeners who aren't here. Um, I would come on Thursday night next year. I didn't know Dave Merrill would throw a secret, like, classroom, whatever, old school classroom. He was sick and tired of having to do it Saturday night, like right now, when we're doing the podcast. So he was like, let me do it Thursday and then spend my Saturdays drinking. And it seems to have worked out well for him. He was drinking pretty hard. Yeah, he needs, he needs more advertisement. Not Noah's back. Maybe Noah. He actually wasn't really right. planning on running it. But then everyone actually on the message board was like, hey, when are you doing the old school classroom? And he's like, um, I actually want to enjoy my Saturday nights. So... And then I guess I could do it on Thursday. And they're like, yeah, Thursday. Oh, okay, I'm, we're doing it Thursday. It was like, for the record, the only people who showed up to old school classroom are people who are currently following me on Twitter. That was a subset. You know, I, I think we knew every single person who showed up for that. So, uh, no, you, you missed it. I was saying, are there any rapping, closing up thoughts for, you know, your AWA 2011 uh, experience? What, hi? You want me to rap? Closing up? No, no, no. I was just saying, you know, do you have thoughts? You know, a wrap-up thought, sentiment. No, because you you were nodding your head asking for the microphone. I thought you were ready. No. (laughs) Well, uh... Here's a little story that... No, uh... Firstly, my my people are certainly not the Gamelons, right? What is it with you and your people? Right. Do Jews make better nerds? People... Uh, no, when I when I talk about my people, yes, I'm I'm talking about uh, uh, nerds or dorks or, or geeks or uh, well, the problem is that every nerd is part spaz. Uh, it's it's just a question of percentage. My closing thoughts are: I wish we'd been invited to the party in a uh, suite. I don't I don't know who she is. I, I've never met her before, but they had a fully stocked bar, so we we missed out this year. Let's see, what else? Uh, they had saber dancers and fire eaters, and there was like a, yeah, 
there was like a 10 foot tall albino with one arm who was like spinning plates. Really cool. So next next year we we've got to we've got to win an invite to that party. Oh, I already said my my final thoughts. No, that's it. We're done. I was just saying, like, the podcast is over. I'm going to sleep. AWA rules! Uh, 3.15 now. Yep. Panels. <laughs>